What concerns should we have for fundraising in the next six to 18 months? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school. And today we're gonna take a look back at some wisdom we received from three fundraising consultants who are close friends, two of whom are faculty members for the fundraising school as they were speaking at our recent leadership roundtable. Ann Fitzgerald, Gasby Brown, and Rick Dunham. And I asked them, what concerns do they have about fundraising in the rest of 2021 and as people plan for 2022? And they really focused on three different areas. One were some issues associated with digital fundraising. Digital fundraising has advanced significantly. Those advances are here to stay. There are wonderful opportunities, but some questions are raised. Also, with increased economic activity, that of course is great news for the economy, what might that mean for charitable giving? And of course, we can never lose sight of what's happening in the area of racial justice and racial reconciliation. So the first person I asked was Ann Fitzgerald and said, Ann, what concerns do you have about fundraising in the next six to 18 months? Well, I don't really have concerns about charitable giving as such, except that, you know, just I think fundraisers have to be prepared that um, you know, while things are opening up, and I think donors are open to meetings, what I found with a, a number of donors, especially those who are still in business, so busy, um, th that the during the pandemic, the intensity of their work ratcheted up a lot, either because they were stressed about their business, but often just because instead of that time they would have taken to get to a meeting or travel or do something else, they were having back to back to back to back Zoom calls. And, you know, th so there's almost a, a tendency now with some donors to say, well, you know, they've, they've gotten used to the Zoom call in many ways for their own business and, and for uh, some engagement with their nonprofits they support. So instead of saying having a meeting, they're, they're saying, well, let's just have a Zoom call. Uh, so I think fundraisers have to be prepared for that. And they, they, you know, obviously continuing to push for the face-to-face -face meeting, but also being comfortable engaging and making an ask if it, you have to do it in a virtual setting. Um, and I, you know, the, the, the concept of the foundations, I mean, I really hope that this does open the door to foundations providing more of that general support that nonprofits so desperately need. Um, you know, it's always hard to criticize foundations um, or give them fee critical feedback if they're giving you a grant. But I, I hope that all the positive reinforcement they got over this last year will help them uh, continue on this path. I love that abundance approach to our friends in the foundation world. Very well said, Anne. Rick, how about yourself? What concerns might you have uh, related to charitable giving in the next six to 12 months? Uh, probably the biggest thing is around data privacy. For organizations, especially that uh, rely more on mass fundraising approach, uh, the changes uh, with iOS uh, 15, what, what we're seeing, what we're concerned about is the ability to, uh, in digital advertising, to be able to track effectively and target effectively, uh, the inability to track open rates uh, coming up. We don't know all, when all this is going to come into play, but it's it's a bit of a game changer for how you have to approach uh, your thinking around digital engagement and the desire that 
the consumer has for uh, data privacy. So I just think over the next uh, year to 18 months and beyond even, I think uh, that whole issue of data privacy is going to increasingly get bigger and bigger. That's a great point. Please. No, and I was just going to say, Rick, I don't know if you're seeing this as well, but I think also nonprofits have to be a little bit more aware of also data security. Uh, protecting their donor data. And um, I think it, it's something we don't really think about, but of course there were some major breaches in this last year. Um, and I think that is uh, something that organizations are gonna have to pay a little more attention to moving forward. Yes, I agree. And I think it, it's a lot more attention to it. You're being so kind and uh, that it, it, an IT policy at this point has to be in place that will deal with what do we do if our data uh, base is hacked? What do we do if our computer systems are, uh, are compromised? And what do we do with ransomware? Do we pay or do we not pay? What are the specific steps that we should take when we are looking at uh, this, this whole world of IT? So that is going to be a very important part of just as a whistleblower policy and IT policy, uh, all of the policy, uh, uh, gift acceptance policy, all of those policies need to be in place. Well, if someone hacks into your system that, you know, I think everyone knows that it's like employees are the usually the, the first gateway because they inadvertently click on a link or something like that. But the, the second greatest threat are third party vendors. So uh, sometimes organizations are, you know, kind of very openly sharing uh, data, uh, donor files, because they need to get a mailing out. So they're sharing a, a, you know, a file via email with all their donor information. So just being aware of that, I think, is important. Very much so. And then the Smith-Bliney Act that was enacted maybe seven, eight years ago about the protection of uh, donor information, I think that needs to be dusted off and updated given the pandemic and where we're going with uh, digital uh, fundraising. Mm-hmm. As well as the tools and techniques available to us to also amplify Rick's point, you know, how Google's going to be changing their use of cookies and our ability to market and remarket to you know, kind of send something out to go find a potential donor, prospective donor who meets a certain profile. All of that's going to change uh, starting next year. So the good news is we're all in this together. Nobody's figured it out yet, uh, but it's certainly something we're going to have to stay aware of. And Rick, I know my previous conversations with you too, you know, as the economy opens up and, you know, in the United States, the savings rate tripled. We had about 1.3 trillion in savings. Now it's 4 trillion in savings. You know, people are talking about revenge travel. I'm going to get back at COVID. I'm going to go travel, show COVID who's in charge. I'm going to go buy, you know, more things and more services. We've always known that consumption is a competitor to charitable giving. And I know in my previous conversations with you, you might think this level of distraction might increase, at least for a short time, as the economy opens up. Could you talk more about that, please? Yeah, we're actually seeing that right now, especially, again, if an organization uh, is funded uh, significantly by a broad base of support is um, the distraction, the need to keep in front of donors and keep them engaged and give them a reason to continue to support has is really important through the season. Uh, as you know, the UK is uh, trying to open back up completely and we're, we're especially seeing it there right now that um, we're seeing uh, giving fall off pretty substantially over the last month or so as things have begun to open up a bit there. So I think, I think it's just prudent 
to assume that people are going to be more distracted and do everything we can to continue to put relevant communication in front of our supporters to keep them informed, keep them engaged, and give them a reason to continue to support. Gasby, I need to ask you the question I posed to Ann and to Rick. What concerns might you have about fundraising, charitable giving in the next six to 18 months? Well, I, I want to just say to Rick's point, too, messaging is going to be so important uh, that uh, and look at the work that Sarah Conrath has done in terms of messages to various uh, tiers and age groups. Uh, it's really, really great in being able to to know that one size does not fit all and that uh, there's a different message for these younger, uh, more new acquisition uh, fundraiser uh, fund uh, funding people or givers that uh, we would have to be accessible to and have access to. So to your question, Bill, specifically, I uh, will reiterate what I said in the beginning to not look at racial reckoning fundraising as episodic or disaster philanthropy. I'm concerned that that will fall off and that people will begin to, to see it sunsetting and it's not going to sunset. And then my other concern is for nonprofit organizations that are coming out of this pandemic that are scarred and burned and feeling very weary about the whole thing and um, just wanting them to have um, a more abundance mentality and uh, philosophy as they look at uh, how they will sustain their organizations in the future. An important reminder from Gasby Brown, as well as additional wisdom from Gasby and Fitzgerald and Rick Dunham, to help us think through some potential challenges, especially associated with digital fundraising, increased economic activity, and as Gasby just said right there, issues pertaining to racial justice and, and reconciliation, as we're also confronted with abundant opportunity for fundraising moving forward as we head towards the end of the calendar year and into 2022. Now, if Training is a need for you to sharpen your skills. Of course, we have that available here at the Fundraising School in modified and upgraded ways coming out of the pandemic here in the United States. Of course, we have our in-person public courses, and we're gradually expanding to more cities beyond our home base in Indianapolis. Our online presence expanded considerably during the pandemic, and we're going to stay there. We're going to have recorded online courses live online courses, many different ways, more courses online more often to meet your uh, training needs and be as flexible as we possibly can be. Of course, we still have our quarterly webinars. We have these free weekly podcasts and all the information about our courses, as well as our custom training that we can bring training directly to your organization, your association, your region, all this information on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. I'm so grateful to Rick Dunham and Fitzgerald and Gasby Brown for the wisdom that they shared during the leadership roundtable that we were able to bring you again on this podcast. Our producers are Jennifer Boffman and Mike Anthony. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm-hmm.